39 on the Radio Impound Podcast. It's been a while, Jason, since April. Yeah, we've been... uh, Been really busy traveling everywhere. Yeah, we've been busy. Uh, That's putting it lightly. And uh, I'm sure you'll catch me up to date on all the RC excitement that happened between now and then. And uh, we've also, in that time period, lost Ernie Pervetti, which uh, that hit me pretty hard. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, we talked about it quite a bit on the chat, you know, uh, between me, you and Kirby. But I mean, I think, you know, I think he was in a little bit of tough shape there for a while. Um, you know, I hadn't seen him for quite a while either, but, uh, yeah, it was interesting that he was, you know, it was just really interesting that they were in Florida now and Ernie lived in Florida, you know, for so many years he was New Jersey, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it was interesting that he came to Florida to begin with. And then, um, you know, I, I probably only saw him in Florida a handful of times, but, um, you know, just in general, I think, uh, he was a fun guy to talk to, I think was what I was kind of, um, stuck out to me is it was, it was fun to see him cause he was always kind of like joking with you or yeah. it was kind of always a, a joking kind of thing. And I think my, any bonding moments I really had with him were probably over basketball stuff, uh, went to one Laker game with him in LA. Oh, you was, did? When he was living in LA, I went to right. a Laker game with him. Um, so that was kind of my bonding moments with Ernie was really never RC. It was really about other things. And it's kind of interesting because he kind of, I guess in a way kind of took a liking to me over some of that. Also just some of the joint interest with basketball. And of course the, the the Jordan stuff. Oh, yep. And you recently sent him a photo that he's never seen before. Yeah. Of, of uh, Jordan right next to him at the, uh, you can see Ernie clearly. It's in his profile pic. So. Yeah, it was the obviously the last profile pic he used. I just out of nowhere, I was watching a game uh, on YouTube. And, you know, I just happened to look up. It was kind of like on in the background and, uh, I think the ball had went out of bounds or something and, you know, Jordan went over to sideline by the scores table and I look up and it's Ernie <laughs> in the background kind of, I, I don't know. He said he was kind of talking to MJ there. Um, I'm not, well, he might've been saying something. I mean, he was yeah. close enough. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. He was close yeah. enough to be saying something to him. And then I believe sitting next to Ernie was John Thawley, right? Correct. I never picked up on that uh, right away, even though I have seen him and I do know who he was or is, but um, I think it maybe it was you or someone that knew that right away when I sent the photo, but yeah, very cool photo. I mean, that was just one of the many, I think many, many games he attended in those days kind of in one of the golden eras, I guess of, of the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. And just yep. the fact that Ernie never saw that photo, like, well, I mean, obviously you took it off the game, but 
Yeah. Never even seen seeing that was pretty cool. Yeah, probably when you went to the game live, obviously you're not going home and trying to find the watch the game. Right. You know, unless you recorded it, but back then your VCR you would have recorded it with uh and then went back and like uh watched the game. But yeah, it was funny that he was he was there and yeah, he told me many stories about being at games in those days, um the nineties. Mm-hmm. In the nineties and uh you know of course he would go to the United Center in Chicago Stadium quite a bit. Um, I don't know what kind of flight that was from New Jersey or New York to Chicago. Probably not that long, probably an hour and a half, maybe something yeah. like that. So yeah, he could probably, he could probably jet over there. Um, maybe even taxi to the game. I don't know, or, or stay in one of those local hotels and depends how long you're going to be there. So mm-hmm. yeah, he would do that, I think. And, uh, I mean, he was at a ton of games. And then when he went to L.A. or lived in California, he went to a ton of Laker games. Yeah, he used to um, get me stuff from the Staples Center and send it to me. Yeah, I mean, that was really kind of fun. The time I went to the game with him, we went to the the lounge. They had a, um, you know, kind of one of those high-class lounges that you could only go in if you had season tickets or right. whatever. And yep. So he brought us in there. I remember the guy from Saved by the Bell was in there. Um, the Slater from Saved by the Bell was in there. Um, and then I remember Jerry Buss had his own room that he was just in, in that bar, but he had like his own like office room kind of thing where he was just hanging out in there. So yeah, it was a cool experience. I don't remember which game that was because I went to about three or four Laker games when I lived out there. I know I went to one or two against the Blazers, and one was the Raptors with Vince Carter. Um, I'm not sure which one I went to with Ernie, but uh, but yeah, it was it was neat. Hmm. Yeah, um, he used to always rib me about the Lakers back in the Trinity days when I was there. So yeah, about Kobe, you know, because Kobe and Jordan, they were always comparing them. So. Mm-hmm. He'd walk by and he'd be like, Kobe throwing up those bricks still. Gotti. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He'll never beat Michael Jordan. Gotti. Yeah, which, you know, he didn't, but he was in different eras, though. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, when he moved there, I'm sure he was one of the bigger Kobe fans when he moved there. I think he liked Shaq, too. I think Shaq. Yeah, he did. He, he loved that personality of Shaq, which Absolutely. I think is what everyone kind of liked, but yeah. Uh, yeah, he liked his sports and that's kind of where I had bonding with him at the races. Um, I think I missed a little bit of the generation when he came to the events a lot more. I think in the, the eighties, he was probably at the events more. And then in the nineties probably had, you know, had different, um, motors motor builders there at the time yeah you know he would be there for maybe like the worlds or roar nationals occasionally Uh, i remember him being in japan the first time i went to the worlds there um i remember him being um at the the worlds in pomona that was a famous one where him and uh pops were and uh novak there cheering when brian won because that was the three you know, it was uh, Losi for the cars, Trinity for the power, Novak. Losi's um, first title. 
Yeah. And that was a big deal. And I remember they kind of had like a little tent there on the edge of the track and they were just like that picture you have in the background. That's kind of how Ernie was when Kenwald crossed the line. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I, I saw that in video and photos cause I was actually in that race. So I was standing next to Kenwald when it all happened racing, but yeah, that was, um, that was a big thing. Um, really cool that that happened for them at that track at that time. And, you know, Kenwald delivered, I mean, as much as back then they used to, um, advertise, uh, obviously Trinity was really famous for their advertisements and mm. kind of, I was being, uh, on top of that, especially with Kenwald and the dirt nader and everything that he had going on then. But, then to get them deliver to deliver on the worlds that was a uh there at Losi's track at at the ranch that was that was big and then uh, i remember going to japan for the touring car worlds when this was in 2000 uh which is just nuts that it's 22 years ago <laughs> um but i went to that as a racer and I remember I had probably my best run of the weekend uh, and it was like a practice run, you know, like during the control practices or kind of run like qualifiers. And I don't know what I did, but I remember coming off the track and Ernie was just all over, like talking to me about how great my stuff looked. And it's like, man, you're fast out there. He showed me his lap, the lap times on a stopwatch. And I'm just like, damn, you know, (laughs) I'm like Joel Johnson here for like 10 minutes. (laughs) Right. Um, I definitely didn't necessarily back that up on the track, but I had a good practice run, I guess. Mm. I got, uh, Ernie's attention for one run. Yeah. Well, the way I got Ernie's, well, I got Ernie's attention in 1991 at Megatrack when I saw him standing there on near turn two. And when I saw him leaning over the railing a little bit, had his arm, I, I crashed the car right there, right in front of him. Oh, I got nervous. Ernie was watching. Drove it right in there, huh? Yeah. That's the first time I met Ernie. 1991 Megatrack Sportsman Cup race. And you went over and said, hey, man, sorry, I wrecked my car right into you. Dude. And I was just in practice, though. So I was practicing. And him and Joel evolved. You know, so you got Ernie and Joel standing there. And Mm -hmm. when I saw that in the corner of my eye, bam. You just wadded it right up in front of him. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I... Um, <laughs> this guy's right, Paul, saying 91. You guys are old. It's so yeah, true. And that's the thing. Is. Like, I noticed, like, my memory starting to fade from some of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, you know, I made a post about Ernie, and, and um, you know, you're thinking back on this stuff, and, you know, you're misremembering a lot of it and you're like, uh, you know, um, it gets kind of scary. So I try to re- try to relive those moments so I don't forget them. But because, um, man, I, you know, like you said, 20 some years ago. Yeah, that was just the 2000. Yeah. So. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's it's been really tough uh, for us. uh that were at Trinity during that time, you know, 97 through 2004 for me. But, um, 
you know, we lost early on, we lost Billy Martini, uh, Tony P, and now Ernie. So, yeah. Um, and at the time when I was there, those were the top three guys. And, and uh, Billy, we lost really young. I mean, he was only uh, 58. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we were talking, it was, um, what did we decide was, I mean, and obviously we're just guessing, but the peak era, uh, we were saying like, was like 95 to like, Oh, two You were thinking, well, we had some kind of window. We yeah. Were, it was like 95 through Oh, two Oh, three. Somewhere yeah, in there. That was what we were thinking was like peak. I mean, it was always good. But it, it, right, but man, the time that we were there, uh, me and Kirby, it was just that—that that was really, you know, really Jug- the peak juggernaut city. And we can't take any credit for that, but that—that uh, <laughs> that was the peak, man. You were there, man. Yeah, it was a great time, and um, you know, um, I was really close to all those guys, so. Um, it was tough to hear the news. I mean, you um, you had mentioned some stories where, uh, <laughs> you know, Ernie coming to tell you to sell something and get like that. What was um, stop the nonsense? Yeah. What, what was his What was his saying to you? Uh, early on when I was in sales, it would be uh, Gotti. Uh, sell something i'm trying to trying to run a business here but the other one was like stop the nonsense who just walked past you and he would say you know stn stn Gotti. <laughs> he'd walk past kirby kirby be on and you know doing something with the motors stn god you guys i'm trying to run a business here like just out of the blue yeah I mean, yeah it's just funny like that um or he just always uh get on me about the lakers and kobe so yeah um but yeah that was uh and i was real close to billy martini so that was a really a big shocker to me too so it's been pretty tough for me here i mean uh when when billy passed away i reached out to ernie and um and then when tony p of course i reached out and uh you know, Ernie, Ernie messaged me back and he said that this is one of the toughest moments in his life hmm. when he lost Tony P, of course, his best friend. Yeah. Lost Billy. And, uh, you know, and a few months later, then we lose Ernie. So it's been been pretty rough. Yeah. I, you know, one of the things that kind of, um, you know, stood out to me was <clears throat> I remember us talking that. I always heard about Tony P, but I only saw him one time. Uh, he was, you know, he was, uh, we were at a race in Orlando and I, I just, I just, I saw Ernie and I'm thinking, who's this guy with Ernie? And kind of finally I like put two and two together and I'm like, Whoa, this is like, you know, Tony P, you know, like yeah. this is, and, uh, I think, I don't remember if I told you guys about it and you're just, you know, you're like, you'd never seen him before. I'm like, no, never seen him before. Uh, yeah, I guess I figured you just knew everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, I never. I don't think like Tony it. never, he rarely went to any races. Yeah. Uh, you, you would see him at the Chicago Hobby Show. Mm-hmm. But he, 
he rarely went anywhere. That's the only place I probably would have saw him would have been Hobby Chicago. Show. Yeah. Yeah. He was always there. We got uh, Kyle Chasen checking in. We got Will Britton checking in. Will, uh, I just saw Will a couple weeks ago at our race in Omaha. We had a good yeah. race there. Great turnout. Will got the job done winning. He won stadium truck there. Oh, okay. Holding it down uh, for the JC and the AE team and stadium truck. And the RIP team. And the RIP team, of course. It's always represented. Then we I have uh, Nomad. Car. Huh? I ran his car in two qualifiers. You did? Uh, yeah. He. Uh, they wanted me to try some tires, and they signed me up. For the second round of forty plus and the third round, I didn't even. I got no practice. I didn't even get to run the first We're round of qualifying. About practice. I didn't even get to run the first round of qualifying. They threw me right in the second round and the third. Right round. into the fire you went. Yeah. <laughs> and I do say his car worked extremely well. Uh, I think I ran a little better than I thought I would, honestly. Um, considering I'd never driven on that track. Uh, at all, and then of course not run that weekend. So yeah, I was a little surprised. Yeah, uh, we got Nomad Nightwalker checking in from our YouTube channel, which we rarely get anybody on that That's YouTube cool. channel. Yeah, uh, he's saying Rip Ernie. I hope Ernie and Brian, of course, are up there shining down on us RC fans to continue the RC legacy that they left us with. Absolutely. You know Brian's wrenching. Brian's wrenching now. Ernie's up there. <laughs> Giving them some horsepower. Right. Uh, yeah, so tough. I mean, losing Kenwald and, you know, it's just, it's just, a, it's unreal to me, but. Unreal. Uh, Jim Hughes. Jim Hughes. One of the Jim. biggest um, Kenwald fans, one of friends of Kenwald. Checking in, saying that uh, he'd been wrenching. Yeah, we don't know what he's wrenching on, but <laughs> you know it's going to be dialed. So I posted, uh, if any, I noticed it was getting a lot of hits. The, the last time we had Ernie on the show was 2013. And I did the interview with him solo because I guess you weren't around. You were at a race and Kirby was out somewhere. So, um, and I've tried getting him on the show after that. And we were planning most recently, but, I, you know, he wasn't feeling well. So yeah. I didn't know how serious it was, but, uh, uh, yeah. So wish we could have got him on, but, um, Okay. So we'll dedicate the rest of the show to Ernie and the Trinity gang that's no longer with us. So, <clears throat> all right, Jason. So, uh, April was the last time we did a show. <laughs> Big gap there, but uh, hey, nothing was nothing was lining up with our schedules. But that's that's life. So, and then I go on vacation. Yeah, it looks like between then, I think, I want to say that the last time we did one was right before or after the Psycho Nitro blast, because I just, that just 
kind of standing out to me. Yeah, we don't have to go through all the results, but uh, yeah, I was just kind of backtracking to see what was. <laughs> man, that's a long time ago. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I haven't followed anything until um, I heard about this incident at the Visions race, which uh, you know was Mayfield and Ty Testman going at it. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it was just Mayfield going at it and Tessman listening. But mm-hmm. um, so you know that got me a little bit excited. Remember, I, I messaged you and I said, "I'm back." Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. excited. Yeah, you were all in after that. <laughs> yeah, right. So I was like, "Wow, RC's getting a little spicy. I like it. Maybe we got to do a podcast sometime soon." Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like that gets me excited. But it reminds me of the old days. Like uh, I see people were commenting, "Oh, Mayfield should be suspended or banned," and I'm like, "Are you guys freaking crazy? Like, did you not race in the '80s and '90s? You, you know, do you have any idea what it was like back then? <laughs> like, this is nothing." But it, but it's awesome. Like I I posted. I'm like, look, guys. You know Mayfield. To me, is just so competitive, He's, and and it's amazing that he has the fire that he has still. After being, you know, all the success that he's had, and I love it. I mean, um, I didn't see what happened. I just saw the clip that someone sent me, but. Whatever. Yeah, I mean that's you know that's the tough part about that's the tough part about any kind of seeing a highlight or seeing a video or seeing a small portion of a story is <clears throat> there's a lot more to this event than that and um, you know I I was kind of checking in you know going back to what I was kind of doing is I you know the E Nationals was going on in um, Pennsylvania. And the, so that was the Roar E Nationals. And then this Visions event was in Jay, Oklahoma. And, you know, everyone has so many uh, things wrong when it comes to talking about all these events or these two events and that they were on the same weekend and all these different things. Everybody, people have kind of have this wrong because. So, So what race was scheduled first? The Roar Nationals. Really? And yeah. Visions decided to go well, the same the, weekend? Well, it's kind of like Visions. The Visions event is kind of like a date that's the same every year. Oh, okay. All right. And, you know, because they, oh. uh, they have a lot of things going on out there. Um, that's – it's kind of like – it's like having, you know, your – it's like having your county so, fair or something, you know, like your fair is like every year. I got some yeah. microphone. I'm getting off here. Yeah. I'm losing stuff over here too. So, <laughs> um, so it's kind of like having something in your hometown that haven't, that happens every year at the same time. And that's how this, this event is out there at, it's uh, called mid America outdoors. All right. And, so, so this is the first year they had RC. Yes. Gotcha. So, so okay. what it is, is, is Brandon from live RC does, uh, you know, we, we mentioned that he got the new, um, toter home and the big rig, uh, for running the, the live media out of, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got that new, so he does a lot of live media for other events besides RC. They started in RC, but because the software live time and other things I was working 
work so well for RC, they've been able to do other events like, you know, see, they have like UTVs racing out at this Mid-America Outdoors. There's UTVs, there's U4 trucks, all these different kind of off-road things. There's motorcycles out there. It's just like a big adult playground and it's gigantic. It's like a thousand plus acres. Um, And the guy that runs it, or not the guy that runs it, but the guy that owns it, um, was close with Brandon on doing scoring. You know, they does scoring, you know, uh, live media or uh, live time scoring they use for, um, um, they use the, the, the scoring like we use in RC. So he's really familiar with uh, doing scoring for events out at this Mid-America place. He knew, knew the owner and they were close and they did a lot of the scoring and videos and things that, Uh, people come out there to see because what I noticed is when I went out there was, you know, how like at the RC races, we're on our phones looking for the results that's going on in the race. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, um, when you're out there at that event, there's like families on their phones looking like how, you know, somebody's doing racing the big cars. Right. So they're like doing the same thing. Like they're because they're, but they could be back in the woods running these cars. And because it's like the track is like several miles <laughs> long. Um, so they only come around like where we were for like portions of the lap, but then they go behind and they're like in the woods and come out. So there's video of this everywhere. And then there's uh, scoring. So uh, Brandon was close with the owner there. And I think they had discussed an RC event and the only option was to run it at that same time because that's when their other event is going on. So the idea was, you know, have an RC event. It gives people that maybe have some shared interests, uh, between either, you know, off-road UTVs, whatever, uh, and RC. So, people that have interest, these shared interests, they're all out there at the same time. And they didn't have an RC track. They built one specially for this race. Uh, they built a driver stand specially for this race. They built it kind of, it's a little bit on a hillside. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so constantly we're, um, <clears throat> anyway, they had to build this track for the race. The date wasn't adjustable. The date was kind of already set. So, they had worked with Roar a little bit, trying to change the um, the date, but they just couldn't all agree on a time because if they would change the E-Nationals date, it was like landing on top of something that was regionally important in um, Pennsylvania, Virginia area. So they were, they were kind of concerned about that. So they never could get the dates changed. So they had to have the events on the same weekend. So... You know, there's a lot of people that log on and say, man, eh, you know, why did they have the event on the same weekend? Which, I, you know, it does. It's unfortunate, but yeah. they tried to work it out. It just did not work out. The Mid-America couldn't move their event because it's the same every year. I this, see, I Ro- know that. This, this Roar Nationals was booked, um, you know, at the beginning of the year. You know, they, they put their dates out. <clears throat> and they're very similar, to be honest, true, as well. The, the Roar Nationals events are always – fairly close in the calendar, if not exactly the same. So, um, you know, Brandon came to some of the pro drivers and asked them to attend. Uh, Ryan was, I believe the first driver 
one of the first or the first driver he asked to attend this event. Originally, it was going to be 25 to 30K for the winner of the pro class. Okay. And it wasn't going to be like the winner wasn't going to get like, you know, the winner was going to get it all. And then it was going to be, you know, second, third, nobody else was going to get these type of payouts. But as things moved along and as, you know, a lot of pro drivers committed based off of that, they're like, Hey, I could win this thing and win 25 or 30,000. And uh, so a lot of drivers committed but then what they did is I think after they were receiving some feedback from others and, and uh, kind of got together is they decided to change the payout. Oh. They decided to give some of the payout to the open class. Uh, they decided to kind of break it down a little differently so that it wasn't just one person winning. Wasn't just Mayfield winning <laughs> winner take all. Right. Um, and, and I think at the time, um, the winner take all thing was, was, was more appealing to me, honestly, because I wanted to see that somebody in RC with the big check, you know, you've seen all the, you've seen other sports and other people hold up these checks. Um, and I have never really seen that moment, um, so to speak. And, but in the end, um, the way they worked it out, a lot more people a lot more racers had the opportunity to win some money, which they did. Uh, that was kind of, uh, you know, Kirby was busted on me because I kept sending you guys photos of uh, racers holding up these checks they were winning. But that was really the the, the event was set up around winning these um, these bonus uh, bonuses, and um, and it was built for TV. The size of the track was on the smaller side. I know Kirby was joking it was a 12-scale track, but <laughs> honestly, when when you were there, it, it was a lot bigger than it, it looked. Yeah, it probably looked. But compared to these monster tracks that we race at that are like, you know, 45-second laps, you know, <laughs> it was this a lot was probably more that. competitive then, in a way. Well, to me, what it was is it was a race built for TV. And um, hmm. another part about this is when I decided to go is they made an announcement that uh, they were going to, they signed a MAV TV contract. So this MAV MAV. Oh, gotcha. And there, this event (laughs) is going to be broadcast on MAV TV. I guess they got like a one hour special. Um, So, um, you know, I get there. Well, actually, I'm driving from the airport because the day before I flew to St. Louis. Yeah. Go ahead. What well, saying? what's so Mav TV? How do I find that? Just is it a streaming service? I think it's just it, Mav. TV? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I don't surprised. know. I've heard of it. So I've I've okay. seen it a ton. All right. Well, I'm not into the racing scene. But yeah. I anymore. mean, they have all kinds of stuff on there. Um, but, you know, so I'm thinking, all right, well, I'd like to see this happen. You know, can one of our guys hold one of these checks and be on TV? That was, um, you know, that's what I was thinking was, was going to happen. And I wanted to see anyway, and I want to see how it played out. But so I, I flew into St. Louis the day before we, we had a promo that we did there with, uh, uh, Bigfoot was doing a car crush at a Harley dealer. So I went there with two of our new bodies, <laughs> went there with two new bodies, got a video done with uh, Rebecca and Darren Schnell, and then took off the, um, Friday morning, 
And on the way from the airport to the track, I had it on my phone and I was watching the very first qualifier. And it was really an impressive, uh, they had a, uh, Ken Stout, I think was the announcer that they brought in who was a professional announcer from other. Oh, he was fantastic, dude. And then Mike Garrison, him, yeah. those two were together. Him and, and Mike together. It was just epic. So I'm uh, driving I saw people over. commenting that he should be, uh, live RC should get him for all the big events. And, you know, I'm sure it's probably can't afford it though. It's probably expensive to hire him. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm sure there's a time you want to mix it up too. You want to have, you know, one guy here, one guy there. Um, uh, I don't know. But anyway, I'm just talking about for the big races, like the nationals. That, that guy was awesome. He made the race feel really important. And, you know, and I had a lot of people tell me that, uh, that, they got that same feeling. So when I'm driving from the airport to the track, I'm listening to that on my phone. I'm actually watching it. I'm supposed to be driving, watching the. <laughs> so you're driving and watching it. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I just had it in front of me. Uh, for the record, uh, he wasn't driving. He was in the passenger seat. Yeah, yeah, I was. In case any anybody, yeah, somebody listening. was driving. So, um, so I got actually okay. kind of a neat perspective because on my way there, I got to see how it was being shown online. Oh, and Flow Racing app. Will saying it's on a Flow Racing app. Okay, let me go look that up. Go ahead, sir. <laughs> so, and then I get there and I get to watch it live. So, I got both perspectives. I got sort of the one that was uh, behind the phone or behind the monitor watching, and then I got to be there and watch in person. And you know, it was a smaller track. They did a good job with the races were really really tight, uh, and it made it pretty exciting. And I think for what they're trying to accomplish with the the TV uh, coverage, I think that it's going to turn out about as good as you can do. Um, at least that was my impression being there. I think if you had the track as big as normal, it would have got a little too drawn out. Or if the races were too long, people would lose interest. So these races qualifying was 30 laps, I believe. and Or was it 20? 20 or 30 laps was, was a qualifier. And then the actual race was 40 laps. So it, everything was under 15 minutes. It was about 40 laps was about 14 minutes. And I think, um, the others were a little shorter, uh, than that. So, so I'm it was set up, it was set up for TV and I'm I seeing think flow. Hey, Will, I'm seeing flow sports app. Is that it? Or I'm not seeing flow racing. Okay. Continue, sir. So I was pretty happy with what I saw out there. The track was really difficult. You know, Joey, they brought in Joey the Dirt, Christensen, and Aaron to build the track. They had, um, so they had those guys building the track. They had Brandon um, and his live RC crew in the trailer. Uh, then Mike Garrison and Ken were the announcers. They had Scotty Ernst was the trackside reporter on the driver's stand. They had Jimmy Babcock in the booth doing the oh. live announcing for the okay. racers. So they honestly had the, like the A team. <laughs> they really had the A team there in terms of running and kind of building this race. And that was impressive. I, it, you don't, it's very rare that you see all of them together at one place at one time. And that was really pretty neat to see them all there. And, and then the racing kind of, especially the A1 with Mayfield and Lutz, that one went to the finish line, a really good race that I think is going to make for a good uh, show. 
Uh, I could see that working out pretty well. And I tried to watch this with the mindset that of how, what, what it's supposed to be. I didn't go there with the mindset of like a nitro challenge or a silver state or, you know, one of our events. I went there with the mindset that how is this being filmed? How are the interviews being done? And what is it going to look like if you repackage this as a show? And then we get to a two. Uh, um, and the way that the, the money worked was, I know earlier we were saying that originally it was promoted as 25 to 30,000 for the winner. Mm-hmm. Well, over time they changed that breakdown. So they spread it around a lot more. So there was still a 25 to 30 K pot of money, but it was distributed a little bit differently uh, throughout the whole thing. And, and it made, so some open drivers won a thousand dollars several times. And then the pro class they won. If you won, a main number one was $1,500. A main number two was $1,500. A main number three was $1,500. If you won, the overall was $5,000. And then if there was a, bo- then there was a bonus, if you swept, that would bring you to 14,500. Oh, wow. So, okay. you know, I think Mayfield, especially after the first a main, his mindset was, wow, I could, I could win this thing. You know, I won a main number one. Um, I'm starting pretty close to the front in a main number two. Uh, and then a main number three, he was starting pretty close to the front. So his mindset, I think was, I can win this thing and it's not unreasonable to think that I could sweep and win the 14 five. Right. That was the, that was the plan. Right. Um, Because, and that was the kind of the spectacle of this race was that there was this money involved. And I don't think anybody, at least in my opinion, I didn't see a lot of racing that, went bad because of the money. I don't think the money, you know, and I've, I've had my fair share of thoughts on this over the years, but watching that particular race, I don't think anybody drove differently because there was money on the line. Because to be honest, when these guys race, there usually is always money on the line. Yeah. Uh, It's just, it's it's just paid from sponsors, not from the event. So they're used to racing for money. And it didn't necessarily change the way that that happened. But what now what it did is it made it um, part of the race where it was advertised part of the race. So when the racers were running, the the announcer like Jimmy Babcock would say, hey, this is a $1,500 win. This is a $1,000 win. So it became like instead of that moment with your trophy, it became the moment became, hey, I won 1000 bucks or I won 1500 bucks, whatever. Um, and I. I don't think that the drivers, you know, watching the drivers, sure, I think they were excited to win $1,000 or whatever the case may be, but people just like winning. And I didn't think that they were any more excited about it having money attached to it than just winning. Like, to me, like, winning's the best, right? Like, it's just, it's so much fun to win something. And the money was a bonus and it also gave the, if you're going to look at it from the lens of the TV side of things, it gives like a viewer something to like kind of associate with 
like they can say, oh, wow, this is for a thousand bucks. Oh, this is for fifteen hundred. Like, so I think that that it will help in a broadcast situation because there's a little bit more why. Um, why are you doing this type of thing? Um, so that was pretty interesting. Uh, and so we got the AMA number two going and, um, Jared Wiggins uh, got a good start. He was leading Mayfield was in second, uh, had a brief lead actually. And I was thinking, well, Mayfield's in second. He's on, he's on the same part of the track as Jared Wiggins. Uh, if he can drive, to his capability here, he's either going to win this or get second, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, this is going to his plan. Is going to plan. Well, he lands on the back jump, um, and lands in a uh, off the back tabletop. He's right on the line, and lands on a rock. Breaks the front end. No. Oh. Um, breaks an aluminum part. Everyone thought he broke a plastic front arm or upper arm. He actually broke the A block aluminum a block in the front pulled the arm back broke the rear b block and he was out and so you know for him he just went from winning the first a main to being in contention in the second main of hey i'm either gonna get a first and a first or i got a first and a second going here either way he's thinking i'm doing pretty good he breaks gets 15th so, you know, Jimmy Babcock's doing the announcing for the racers, and he's saying this probably puts Brian out of it. Like, he's not going to be able to win the overall with even with a win and a last place, and then maybe winning again. That might not be good enough to win overall. So, you know, I think from Ryan's standpoint, he's going from mentally like, hey, I could maybe win all three races here, I have a chance to win this whole thing, and, you know, in a split second. It, yeah. In a split second, it went from, Hey, I could maybe win 14 grand to, uh, now maybe I'm lucky to get the 1500, you know? <laughs> and so, and on the other side of this, if you're looking at it from the perspective of the racer, we have this other <clears> race <throat> going on the roar nationals, uh, you know, which, uh, Dakota Ryan Cavallari decided to go to instead of the visions event. Along with some others, but I would say this is like that whole PGA in the in the Live Tour thing. <laughs> Maybe a little bit, yeah. Uh, Paul Paul kind of described that situation to me too. And, oh, really? Let's see, yeah, go ahead. Um, but so they're you know these other racers, Dakota and Cavallari, and Joe Bornhorst, Tyler Jones, uh, were racing at the E Nationals, and. They're racing for the national titles, right? You know, we talked about this in the chat where we had a couple, we had several pro guys that went to Visions, kind of, you know, maybe we're racing on TV and maybe racing for money. Uh, the other guys said, you know what? I'm not sure how that's going to go. I'm not sure about that. I'm going to go do the Roar Nats because, especially if you're like a Dakota, he's thinking, I might be able to win all three classes. At yeah, the really. Nationals. Mayfield's not going to be there. Mayfield's not going to be there. These other guys aren't going to be there. Maybe if I won all three at this race, that actually is a bigger deal to him. Um, we'll call it money opportunity because, you know, that's how this is. And um, he decided on that. Yeah. And so they're over there racing at the Roar Nationals. 
And I mean, Cavalieri was running good. Dakota was running good. Joe Bornhorst, uh, Tyler Jones, like I said, those guys are probably consistently seem to be the quickest. Um, so that race is going on. And, you know, so you got a guy like Orion who's probably like, hey, I committed to this Visions race and I won A main number one. I just broke out in A main number two. That just cut my possible winnings down here, you know completely in half at least. And, you know, then the E nationals is going on. It's like, Hey, these guys are still alive. All, all the guys I normally race with are still alive to try to win two or three classes at the roar nationals, which, <laughs> you know, you would have to think that would, he would be involved in. Right. I mean, those are the two guys he's always raced with. Those are the two guys that he's, um, had success against. So you got to think you're racing to win something there. Um, so I think that moment kind of hit a little bit in a main number two, where it was like, I just broke the dream of sweeping this thing, getting the big, getting the big, um, at least having the opportunity to win. It was gone early. You'd like for it to go to a three, right? Uh, so anyway, that race goes down. Jared Wiggins wins it. So now the points, the way the points work in this is I took a picture of it, but Brandon set it up like Supercross. There's no drops, you know, like in a traditional A main format, uh, you can have one bad race. It's a drop. It's your, your two best finishes count. Well, for this visions event, all three counted. And that's why that, um, breaking in a second in any of them was a big Put deal. Out. Right. So, um, but the way the points were done and he said that this comes from a supercross event. I think it's one of the monster events or something where it's 25 points to win a main, any a main 22 for second, uh, then 20, 18. And then it went one point a piece down to 15th. Okay. So there's a little bit of a bonus for finishing in like the top four, you know, there was, you know, especially first to second, there was a three point difference first to second. So, um, so we're standing up there we're, well, first we're back in the pits and Ryan's kind of getting his stuff ready. And he's just like, well, this kind of sucks. Like, what am I, <laughs> you know, like, am I out of this thing or, you know, and I'm like, well, I guess all you can do is finish strong, see what happens. And, and if you look at the points, uh, I get up on the driver's stand cause we're watching, I was watching with Scotty and with Ryan breaking in other results happening, it really opened up who could win the overall. Like it was, it was really hard to figure out, you know, you couldn't, you know, traditionally when you're running these races as a racer, that you know, the way that they're doing the points, right? So it's like, if I win, I get one point. If I get second, I get two points. You can kind of do the the math in your head while you're racing, right? So you can mm-hmm. say, Hey, uh, you know, I'm in the lead and I have a first and a second. That means I got whatever, three points and -and so-and-so has got a third. And if he won this one, that would be a fourth. And I'm going to, you know, so you can kind of do the math in your head at some of these larger events and determine either where you need to finish or approximately if you have a chance to win. Well, with these, um, with the way they did the points here with the 20. Uh, you know, 25, 22, it's like kind of probably trying to do the math in your head while you're racing. Wasn't necessarily like 
as possible. I'm, I'm sure you could kind of figure it out, but you know, but if you're up there going, okay, so I got 22 plus, you know, and you're like, yeah, like it would be kind of tough. So all the guys, so we, we were standing up there and Scotty comes to me and he says, you know, we were looking at the points because him and Jimmy actually had a, uh, had it, uh, the current total they were looking at. And Scotty was like, you know, he's like, looking at this, he's like, Ryan is even because he won the first main and there's a three point advantage. He said, he's really not completely out of this. Like he's like, sure. He kind of, things would have to go his way, but if he won this last race in, you know, combined with the first race and what other happened to the other drivers, it still was mathematically possible for him to win. So you're telling me there is a chance. Yeah. So I'm standing there and I'm like, (laughs) I was like, Whoa, like I didn't really think that it was going to be possible, you know, getting 15th, he got six points. You know what I mean? And so he won the first one. Yeah, he got 25 in the first main. He got six in the second one. And I'm so thinking, oh, this is over. I'm thinking, oh, this is over. You know, I'm like, how mm-hmm. are you going to? But, you know, there's other guys getting like sevenths and ninths and stuff like that. And uh, which aren't, you know, rewarded as much point wise. So Scotty is basically telling me that Ryan has a mathematical chance to win. Sure, there's other guys that probably have a better chance of winning. Because they've gotten like fourth, third, one, you know, something like that. So I, I go and tell Ryan, I'm like, Hey, just so you know, I'm like, you're not completely out of this. Like, it's not impossible for you to win. He's just kind of like, okay, okay. I, I understand. You're so, like, there's a mathematical chance <laughs> that she just have a mathematical chance of winning every game. Also, if that, and I think things up for you, you know, what's funny is when you talk to Ryan before the whole thing started, Brandon put the points in, like right in front of his pit. He put it, you know, he taped it up right there. And I'm like, hey, Brian, Ryan, did you look at the points? How this works? He's like, no, not really. He's like, I just kind of felt like I had to win them all. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm like, that's probably a pretty good assumption, right? But so anyway, but he needed uh he needed some help in that third man. Yeah, yeah, so. you need a little bit of help. You so, needed somebody to really drop down. I mean, yeah, you needed so, Wiggins to. Yeah. So, so what's, what's happening is, um, the way the starting order was, it was Tessman first Mayfield second. Um, and I can't remember who was third on down, but that was the starting order in the third one. And what I was thinking to myself was, wow, this is going to be interesting because, um, I think, cause the, the racers didn't know the points, you know, for, so if you're, if you're Ty Tessman and his dad, you're probably thinking Mayfield starts second, but he broke. He doesn't have a chance to win the overall. Okay. Right. But they did because they hadn't had any problems. Um, they had like a fourth and a, I forget what they had. Like, so they had decent points. Like, so it was actually possible for Ty to win the overall and he was starting first and like uh, Jared Wiggins and, and Cole Ogden and about, there's about four or five guys that I think mathematically could have won. And so I think, but people didn't really know the points and they didn't really think that even like Ryan and others could win. But so, as so, the race started, go ahead. Well, Wiggins. So in the first main, who, what was the results? Mayfield, 
Well, May- Mayfield won and Lutz got second. That's what well, I remember. Where did Wiggins finish? I, I don't know. We'd have to look it up. I can look I mean, it up. He's, he won the whole thing, right? Yeah, right. Um, so he had to be right behind them. So Wiggins must have been third. I, I don't and know. Then, I'll look, though. Uh, who'd you say was second after the first, Tesman? No, uh, Lutz. Or Lutz. So Lutz must have really dropped in the second main. Yeah, I think he actually was doing really well also. And, you know, I'll pull it up while we're talking for the sake of. Because <clears throat> I'm trying to figure out how Wiggins won. He must have yeah. been right on the. So if you go to A main number one, it was actually Mayfield, Ryan Lutz, Spencer, Cole Ogden, Mason Fuller. Wow. And then Jared Wiggins got sixth and Ty got seventh. So going into the second main. What was the points? Well, I, I don't, it doesn't show what the points were. Oh man, that would have been. But, but the second main, that's the one that Wiggins won. Cole Ogden second, Ty Tessman third, uh, Seth Van Dalen, Tanner Denny, Ryan Pavitas. And that's the, that's oh. the main Ryan guy. Boy, the second really did get mixed up. Yeah, so so it changed everything dramatically. Uh, even like Spencer Rivkin, he got tenth. He got third in the first one, right. which you know he was in pretty good position. He got tenth in that one because I think his tire came off in that one. Um, they were having an issue on the starting line, and uh, guys noticed that his tire was coming off the wheel. Richard ran back and tried to change a couple of them, but I think they were all falling off. Um, hmm. But he got one change before the race started. But but anyway, that's the race Mayfield got last. So we're into the third main now. And um, Ryan actually started second behind Ty. Ty gets a great start. And Ryan just comes around on the second lap and makes it. He just traction rolls. He's going through a corner and flips over. And he basically drops back to like. Right in the back. You know, he's in like 12th or something. And I'm thinking, oh, this is over. Uh, I thought it was over before, but now it's really over. And so you're watching the racing, and uh, Ryan Pavitas was running well in that race. Um, and a lot of other drivers were running well. And all of a sudden, Ryan's like back into third. And I'm thinking, oh, okay. Well, he's back into third. And then Jimmy... Babcock's announcing because he can see the points on his computer. We right. couldn't see the points. So he's announcing that if Ty finished in the lead as he was, he was going to win the overall. And then I, I want to say like Ryan Pavitas was second. And then Mayfield was in third. And he was saying that Ryan being in third was going to get him on the podium for the overall still. He was going to get like third. <clears throat> well, then Ryan gets into second. And the way the results were at the time, Jimmy was saying, okay, this is going to put Ty winning the overall. Now it's going to move Mayfield to second overall and so forth and so on. And I'm thinking, oh, well, this is kind of nice. You know, he didn't finish, but he's still going to get on the podium, um, have a good good showing. And uh, Ty makes a mistake in the back, kind of gets jumps, the difficult jump in the back. He jumps kind of on the guys who jump on the infield and have to jump out. And that's kind of what happened to him. He might have had to be marshaled. So anyway, now Ryan's all over him, gets by him, gets in the lead, goes across the start finish line. And Jimmy's like, he's kind of watching the computer. He's not necessarily watching the track. So when he cross Ryan crosses, it shows him in the lead and updates the points. And it says, Hey, he's like, Oh, Ryan's in the lead now. Now it's showing he can win the overall with this. (laughs) And I'm like, Holy 
shit, you know, like, I'm like <laughs> I didn't think this was going to happen. And and he's and he's saying this so everybody can hear it. Yeah, the, all the drivers hear it. So, <laughs> so they're all so like, it's, oh. yeah, it's, it's adding fuel to the fire, right. right? Because you're up there racing, and now all of a sudden, you know, Ty goes from one to two, Mayfield goes two to one, and they're swapping. It's it's swapping on the computer who can win the overall. Well, Ryan cases a jump. Ty gets back inside, is back in the lead, and I think at the time, um. What what happened at the time was Jared Wiggins was in the back of the pack, right? <clears throat> so he had a good chance to win the overall, but was currently not in the greatest position. Maybe he was in like eighth or seventh or something, right? Because uh, I know they were lapping him on the track. Ty and Mayfield were la- actually lapping him. And so at that time, it was, it was Mayfield, uh, Ty. Anyway, whatever happened, Ty gets in the lead. Ryan's not that far behind, makes a little run, catches up, tracks and rolls on the front straightaway, and gets back on his wheels, and I'm thinking, oh, that kind of costs him quite a bit. A couple laps goes by. He's right back on tie again. Then they jump that back jump, which is now part of the highlight package, and he gets to the inside. Uh, Ty's on the outside, and to me, it kind of looks like Ryan kind of pinched through and got clear, like he was clearly in front of him on the inside and I'm thinking, all right, well, he made the pass. And just then Ty basically hits the back of them. And then they just go barreling into the fence in the <laughs> pipe. And I mean, it's a hard hit, hard, hard hit. Uh, Ty actually ended up back on his tires, I believe, and kept going. And Mayfield was upside down on that part of the track and his car flamed out. Oof. So, um, you know, that's the moment where kind of all, all hell broke loose um, because so I'm trying to give the, the build up here. Right. Like, which is, yeah, um, it's more than just these two guys. Um, it, there was a whole race going on that nobody knew the points and how it was working, the drivers. And when Jimmy is announcing, he's making these updates kind of live and. It's like it goes from, okay, Ty can win the overall. Oh, now Mayfield's in the lead. He can win the overall. And then all this is happening, and Jared Wiggins is moving up in the pack. You know, he might have was a little lower. And all this stuff happens with uh, Ryan and Ty. Ryan's out. He's, like, walking down the driver's stand, but then decides to come back up and finish the race. They start his car, or Drew starts his car, gets back out there. So now he's in, like, ninth, but he's just driving around, like, finishing mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Ty wins the main and with like, so he crosses the line and everyone's like, Oh, Ty, Ty won, you know? And then even Jimmy Babcock's like, Oh, Ty, Ty won the overall. Well, what happened on the last lap, I guess, is Spencer had a mistake. Jared Wiggins got by him. And then Jared Tebow realized that Wiggins was right behind him. And he pulled over and let Jared Wiggins go by, which gave him another position and enough to win the overall. Mm. And when he crossed and got, he got like, did he get third or fourth in that last one? He actually got third in the last race. That actually gave him uh, the win overall and not, and not Ty. So Ty got second overall and then Cole Ogden uh, got third. So, and we know Ryan didn't finish the second main and then really technically didn't completely finish the third main. So 
I think he got like eighth, something like that. Mm-hmm. So he went from in the race being called to, hey, you could win this, you could be in the top three. You know, they collide, you know, however you want to, you know, everyone has their own take on whether they, you know, like that move or or how that all went down. You know, Ryan, as in, like in the video on Live RC, jumped all over Ty for the way it happened. And, you know, he obviously, like we talked about before, if Ryan's not happy about something, he lets you know. And he was letting Ty know about it <laughs> and uh, that he wasn't happy. Uh, and I think the, the what I'm trying to package this like is the way it kind of all happened. It wasn't just like, hey, these two guys bumped um, at this point in the race, and that was the only thing that, you know, there was a lot more that happened in all three of these races that led to it being this competitive and this close. And it was pretty exciting watching it uh, there live. <clears throat> so, um, of course, then they kind of packaged it, you know, uh, Live RC kind of packaged that that lap when they hit and then Ryan's reaction and all that type of stuff. They kind of packaged that as a promotion <laughs> for <laughs> for the event, which, you know, I don't right. really blame them. That, you know, I think that um, there's a reason that Ryan was probably the first phone call they made to have at that event because they wanted him for his driving, uh, the knack that he has to come back from behind and for um, when things don't go his way and he feels that he's been wrong, his reaction to it. That's the reason they wanted him uh, because um, that makes it, that gives it another element of depth. If it's, if you're looking at it through the lens, like I said before of, this could be a television show or something. It gives that uh, impression that uh, it, it adds another element to this to this RC racing that can be on the uh, on the broadcast. Well, anyway, so that's how I was looking at it. Um, you know, it's tough because my personality isn't that isn't like Ryan's. You know, we're kind of like very different. Um, he's a lot more. Um, is it more of an aggressive personality or confrontational or whatever? And so, but what's really been strange about all this, you know, and then Ryan made a video, you know, he told me, he's like, I'm going to make a video, just kind of explain the weekend. And I thought it was incredibly accurate. That's the first thing I told him. He's like, what do you think of this video? I'm like, it's incredibly accurate. I mean, this is what happened to you throughout the weekend. This was your, your experience of running this race. And, um, you know, there's definitely some people that don't like the way he reacted. Um, but there was really a lot of people that did. And it gets kind of interesting because it gets a little deep in terms of, um, how people, um, you know, st- stand up for yourself, right? People always say, "Yeah, well, you should stand up for yourself." And then when you do, <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know what? It, that's where this, you know, this where it comes from. And and honestly, I think um, this isn't the first time stuff like this has happened during races. Obviously, you talked about the '80s and the '90s. And- Just wasn't. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't hear you know, about it today, um, the internet. 
it's not the first time it's happened to Ryan. It's not the first time it's happened to Ty. Mm -hmm. Um, These guys are pretty seasoned when it comes to these little confrontations, I will say, but, and they, and for the most, and I think Ty handled it really well. Uh, He kind of went at Ryan a little bit, I think in his interview. Um, Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. But I I think he kind of, you know, said some things there and Ryan, you know, made reference to that in, in the, in his own video that he made. But these guys are, it's funny because they kind of love to hate each other. <laughs> um, you know, we were just at the carpet nationals, uh, maybe, God, what was that? Two or three weeks ago. I don't even know. They're like sharing setups. They're not even on the same car. You know what I mean? Like they would stop by his pit. Cause I was pitting right in front of Ryan. They'd stop by and say, Hey, you know, why do you got those springs on? I just went and got them. They're good. You should try them. Yeah. You know, and then I go in the hobby shop. Yeah, and you should oh, also man. try maybe 35 <laughs> weight oil on that car test. Man. What's, what's funny is, is they have a pretty good relationship. They're sabotaging um, each other. <laughs> you know, the, they will, um, you know, they talk to each other about different setups and tires, even though they're not really on the same brands or not necessarily on the same tires. But they do discuss things, and they have a pretty good relationship, uh, I would say, off the track. It's pretty good. On the track, yeah, like Ryan described it, it's a rivalry um, that probably won't end. But I think everybody's had those rivals through the years in their racing that um, that you're up against all the time. And it just seems like they don't – they're always there no matter where you're going – when you show up, you're just like, Oh my gosh, I'm racing with this guy again. And, and I think it's really, what I see is I think people are seeing this. They're like, Oh my gosh, this kind of stuff happens to me. You know, what, what, what should I do? Or, or do I like the way this guy reacted or do I like the way Ty react? You know, they're like starting to put themselves in those positions. Like, well, how would I do it? And, So that's what's kind of caused a lot of uh, conversation about this after the fact. And I would say I, I see people stating their, their point of view in a somewhat clean way. You know, some of these things turn ugly. Yeah. Some of the comments are ridiculous. The one guy was in there ripping Mayfield, you know, saying stuff about Mayfield and he's using all these words and everything. I'm thinking to myself, well, dude, like, yeah. look at you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that, you know, I think Ryan took it to the edge there and I think Ty handled it well, and it will probably make for some pretty good TV. If we get that far, you know, I think all of a sudden you have a story before that, before the, you know, and all these stories exist in RC. And I think if you're looking at it, maybe from Brandon's point of view or somebody, all these stories exist out there um, in, in the business. And it just depends how you want to portray that, that story. And, and I think to some extent, that's what, um, you know, our podcasting buddy Keenan uh, with his podcast and the RCGP, that's what they were hoping for with the RCGP is they would have this kind of um, 
energy from an event. That was what they were hoping for. They wanted these confrontations. They wanted this um, um, reality side to kind of come out. And I think um, to some extent, I don't think it really has for them yet because the characters uh, maybe aren't as confrontational that are in the race, I guess to say. Maybe the confrontational guys so far on their racing <clears throat> haven't been in contention for first or second. Maybe a little, you know. So I think that's what they were looking for with RCGP. And it's not that the side of this that I like. I don't like the confrontational, the drama part of it. Uh-huh. But when you actually see people's reaction to it, it's through the roof. They, they, they absolutely, you could sit there and make, you could make as many diff building shock building videos as you want. If you're one of these drivers and, you know, people are like, Oh, ho hum, another shock video <laughs> and this is how you put your oil. And I think the racer thinks like, Hey, I'm helping. Like, yeah, I, I want to have a setup video and I want to teach people how to do this or teach people how to do that. And they get 1500 views. Right. And then they something like this happens and people can't get enough of it. They want to give their take. They want to watch it. They want to say, Oh, that's BS or no, I agree. They, they can't get enough of it. And it's amazing that, um, and we learn those lessons over and over again in the world, the way it works, but people are attracted to these things. And, um, I got somebody that wasn't, that's not, even in the uh, the RC racing scene, sent me a message one day and was all, damn, you guys are hardcore. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I saw that video. I'm like, are you talking about the Mayfield, the video with Mayfield and Ty? He's like, I don't know their names, man. They were just going at it. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. So he, he saw this video and he immediately is like, he's interested. Right. right. He had piqued his interest. And yeah, I'm well, I showed like, a couple of people that don't even know anything about RC, and they're like, wow, they take it that serious? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's but, the same know. thing that the person said to me. And mm-hmm. um, so it was just funny. Um, I don't really like the way that it ended uh, personally, but m- maybe from the standpoint of getting this, having a package story that maybe has – on, like I said, the Mav TV um, that you're trying to find. Uh, then well, it, well, Will was saying it's the Flow Racing app. I still haven't found that either. But okay, well, we'll we'll get to the bottom of it. But <laughs> I honestly, when I scroll through my TV, I actually like I see Mav TV like as something I can watch. So hmm. um, anyway. Um, So for me, if you're looking again, maybe if you're like a Brandon or you're like, or I'm thinking, trying to think through the lens of, of making this uh, a television show, because there's racing, there's the real racing that we do, uh, the results, whatever. But to me, this was a race kind of put on for entertainment and for a purpose. Uh, We had the money out there. We had the the possible television experience, and that's what this race was about. 
And if it can make it to that, um, then it'll be a success. But what I'm already, what I'm looking at is that this happened. You have a story now that you can go with. You you can have the second, you can have a second race that's just like this, and you can say, "Can Mayfield rebound?" Right. Right. You know the, the yeah. because the way they were pushing him was that when you listen to actually on your phone or YouTube or whatever, they were saying he was the number one ranked driver, which, you know, he is according to the top 25 ranking thing. They're like, Hey, this guy's ranked number one. He's probably the favorite. And then you have this battle with him, not only him, but all the racers throughout the weekend, you have this ending that they had. And now you're thinking, okay, well the next one immediately is, how does Mayfield respond, right? Mm-hmm. He's the number one ranked guy in the world or at that time. Uh, he had a, a breakage and then a confrontation. And how does he respond? Can he can he come back with a win? And how does Ty Tessman do? And then can Jared Wiggins, uh, you know, have his same success? And you know what I mean? Like you ha- now you have a story. Right. You have somewhere to go with it. Whereas before, you didn't really necessarily have that great of a story. But now you have an excellent story and something that says, you know, even to myself, I mean, I'm, I'm four or five feet away on the driver's stand watching all this go down. But to me, I'm thinking about it going, I want to see a race too. What does happen? Like, cause I got these storylines kind of going in, uh, in my head. Right. And I'm thinking, Hey, yeah. How would the second race go? You mm-hmm. know, could these guys respond? Could somebody win all three? Cause now that becomes a factor. Oh, nobody's won all three races to win. You know, can <laughs> somebody, you know, you have all yeah. these stories now. So, um, if it was me, I'm looking to see some of these things unfold just for the casual viewership, like people checking in on it. Um, you know, I'm, I still love the way we traditionally do our races as a racer. I like to qualify, run the long main events or triple main events for 10 scale. But if this is a show, then, um, they have the components there to, to have a second one. Hmm. So, so like it or not, that's how it all went down. And, um, I'll have to see if, if there's, well, now we have to wait till next year. Well, my guess is, is if you were doing this, you almost kind of want to do it sooner. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I guess you can because live or be covering the, what's the next uh, big event worlds. Well, no, there's the wicked weekend is next weekend. And then it would be the worlds in September. But <clears throat> I think to, to do this the same way, um, it has to be a whole, it has to be an event on its own. It has to be the same exact style event. It could be at a different facility. It wouldn't need to be at that facility, but you'd have to have the same event, right? So these races, like the races going forward, they're going to be on MAV TV. Well, that particular race, race. that race they signed as, as I understand it, they signed a contract to have a one hour RC special. Um, on Mav TV. So what oh, happened so that there? Was only on for an hour. Well, uh, you know they they will put it together so it's an hour. So they'll take all the footage that they got when they were there, 
and assemble it into a one hour show. Okay, so, gotcha. And that's why you were seeing those features like I think you saw them when you were watching like there's a feature on a driver and Yeah. Um uh, so yeah, like I think all these all those things and then the action on the track is gonna be packaged as a as a show. Okay. That's the way I understand it. Gotcha. So my so, so my, they're trying to get on Mav TV. It, it's a. I think that they're trying to get multiple episodes. Would be my guess, but they they have a contract for one one hour, right now. Okay. So, which they already did. Well, it's it's not. It hasn't been aired yet. Oh, okay. So it yeah, hasn't. I see what you're so so they're going to take all the footage that's been from visions. Yep. Once they air it, that's it. Yeah. Then. So, but then from there, it's you could do more, right? You could say, "Hey, this is the, you know, this is the race two or the race three. and you could say, and like I said, if you were, you know, to me, if I was trying to sell this to somebody, I'd say, "Hey, race two, we already have a storyline now. We have uh, Mayfield versus Ty, and then we have Jared Wiggins, the underdog. We have." Um, this and that we have these different stories kind of going and, and now you could have a second race somewhere to see how that played out. And then maybe like a third race that would be the, the, the ending end moment for the season, right? Like you could have this as a season. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, this is my, um, perception of how it could be done. I'm just not, I'm not understanding like why, um, and I'm not sure what it would take to do this, but like for me, I, I'm thinking why hasn't live RC just done a live RC TV app? Like I, you know, and and you, and you might've even asked him that before when he was on the show. Um, but my guess is what you're looking for is the viewers that are already on some other network. Yeah, that's true. So you're hoping that you kind of have these cached viewers already. Like, you know, it's like there's going to be trying to grow it. There's X amount of people watching whatever Mav TV at two in the afternoon on Sunday. And you're trying to take advantage of them watching. And I'm sure there's replays, you know, like, yeah. So you have the first one. That's like when it's the first but then there's multiple ones, you know, could re-air throughout the week at like midnight or I don't know how it works. But, um, yeah, so. Yeah, that's a good point. You're trying to expose it to more of an audience. Yeah, I think you have to be somebody before. And this is just my take and not really knowing. But to me, it would be you'd have to kind of be somebody before you could have like your own station or your own you know, like, you know, you could, I could, I'm sure we could have J concepts TV on the Apple, Apple TV, but I don't know. I don't know what it takes. I, I, I think you can, but like, but you have to kind of be somebody like, you know what I mean? Like, I think you have to, there has well, to you be are somebody, damn it. Well, I in think the RC world, and I'm sure there's <laughs> obviously a cost involved, but you have to produce something. Um, I don't know how it all works. I'm just, I don't know. It would, uh, yeah. I'm just kind of spitballing, but uh, <laughs> the situation. I, I just want to be able to download an app on my TV and just watch. 
I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's coming, but, um, but you do hit a wall in terms of somebody has to say, Hey, um, uh, you know, well, let me download the live RC app, you know? Yeah. I don't know what it would cost. It'd be interesting. I think I asked Brandon this. I might have to go back and listen to that. I I think you have mostly the same questions. I I just, yeah, I want a live RC just like I want a J concepts app. I want a live RC TV app, mm-hmm. you know, just on my TV. I can go watch. I can pick races that I want to watch, you know, go back to a couple years, watch a race, you know, stuff like that. Well, what's really um, funny. Go ahead. But yeah, that's what I want. Jason, <laughs> just, I want the J concepts. app. Make it happen Um, uh, for the listeners out there and people viewing. Anyway, uh, I've been on Jason for some time now. We're going to make it happen, Jason. Okay. Actually, we're close. You just okay. don't know it yet. Uh, Kean, our podcasting friend that we were just talking about. Uh, Kean's saying, uh, hey, wait, Kean's got uh, Kean Keith White up here now. Okay. Uh, you need the outside RC numbers. Yeah, I realize that. Now that Jason fully explained it to me, and I wasn't thinking they want to expose it to more people. I don't know. Every time I show RC to somebody, they just don't. They're not interested. <laughs> well, and, and I, I don't think know what it is. That is a realization that I think yeah. a lot of, of that have to come to is they're into it um, from the standpoint of a quick fix. You know, they they'll buy that RTR car and they'll pull it out. They'll drive it around. They'll have a little fun with it. And then once they had their little fix, it's over. Like, they're just like, yeah, I did that. I had that. But to get that full dedication that this actually requires to run at that level, um, it's a special kind of person that we're after. You have to be detail-oriented, a little mechanically inclined. You have to be, um, you know, you got to have a little bit of a talent, uh, but a ton of dedication. And that's the part that I think people don't have uh, is the dedication uh, to sit down there and make all this uh, to make all these cars built the way they're supposed to be built. And it's, it's a hobby, man. (laughs) You're supposed to put some time into it. Like it's not just like, I don't want to put time into it. I want somebody else to build my car and I want to go out on the track and just drive. People pop the trunk and grab the slash by the bumper and pull it yeah. out. It's, that's the level of dedication I think the large percentage wants. But um, yeah, because I showed um, a video of the eight scale racing to somebody in the neighborhood here that has really doesn't know anything about RC. Has the slash like you said, mm-hmm. just pulls it out, drops it on the street, and drives around. Yeah, and uh, f- for me, I think eight scale racing is cool and the track and everything. But to other people, not so much really. You know, yeah, I people mean, that I run into that are just kind of like, oh, that's cool. Uh, oh, yeah, and there's pro drivers, and there's really, I mean, they pay people to do this, you know, stuff like that. Well, you and, and you're like, okay, it. never mind. Well, the other thing is, people think it's easy. Um, yeah. They, they, when they watch it, everybody thinks everything's easy. Um, you have to have actually done something a little bit to get a little bit of an idea or a respect for what it looks like at a higher level. So mm. it's like, you know, to me, like if you have a basketball and you go down to the court and you like 
you know, dribble around and you like make a couple shots. You're like, okay, I get it. You know, this is basketball. I'm doing it, you know? And then you turn on TV and you're like, well, this guy just jumped from the free throw line and dunked it. This guy uh, made a behind <laughs> yeah, the back, that. behind the back pass and yeah. the, uh, Steph Curry shooting 10 threes. It's like, I didn't make one shot or a layup. You know, like, you're like, okay, I get it. You know, like, I see what's kind of going on here. And I think due to the nature of it being a toy or a hobby vehicle, people tend to take it a little more as a a toy or a hobby. Um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I used to do real racing. It's like, well, this is actually real racing, too. It's just a scale version of it. You know, it's like, it's not fake. You know, mm-hmm. like it's real. It's just not the same size, you know, like, so people will make that assumption lots of times. Like, well, I used to do real racing. Well, no, this is real racing. Oh, no, but you know what I mean? The big cars. Yeah. Like, well, just because yours are big and these are small doesn't make it any different. Like, right. how much money did you win making your running your big cars? Well, nothing. Well, that's the same as this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so um, it, it's just because of the size and people tend to associate these type of cars to kids. And then when it's associated with kids, it's associated with um, a toy. And I think that's the barrier. That's uh, a little tough to break right off the bat um, because people see it like that. Uh, Jason Santos saying, uh, ready to run, remove the hobby aspect. A lot of it. Yeah. <clears throat> the, the instant gratification, pre-mounted tires, pre-cut bodies, um, pre-built cars, uh, everything set up for you. Um, <clears throat> you, you, in order to do this, you, you kind of have to fall in love with the whole package. You know, you kind of have to, you have to want to work on it and make it look cool more than you want to have to race it because that's really what you spend the majority of the time doing is working on it. So yeah, at the, <clears throat> that's part of it. Although I will say that I think our, our modelers today, our hobbyists and our modelers today are the scale and the crawler guys. Those are the, those are the, that's the hobby part of this right now is that segment with crawling and scaling. Cause they're the ones that want to build everything. They want to make, make it all themselves. And um, of course you can get the RTRs, but that's just a start for them. That's just like, that's just, that's just a starter pack in, in racing. We try to give people the same car that you race. That's how we advertise it. Right. We say, Oh, get the, the latest B 6.4. That's the exact one that Spencer Rivkin's racing. It's like, <clears throat> in this crawling in the scaling world, that's almost a deterrent for them. They're like, Oh, I want to make it my own. Like, I don't need it like that. Like I want to just do everything myself. Right. But, and that's how RC racing <clears throat> used to be, you know, back when we were eighties uh, and nineties, you would have to do a lot yourself. That was the fun part. You could choose different uh, bodies and you could make things and, um, paint it yourself and all that kind of stuff. That was the hobby. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah. That was the hobby part of it. Um, in the racing today, we've taken a lot of that stuff out of it because 
uh, with the RTR car, getting people going. Um, but uh, we have drivers today that only want to drive. Um, you know, they they have mechanics, they hire mechanics, they um, use their parents or their dad as a mechanic, and they only do the driving. And um, I think ultimately, if you're going to be successful, you have to kind of kind of have to know the game pretty well. Maybe the only person that gets away with that is Masami, but um, but he knew the tire game, and that was probably the number one part. <laughs> His dad handled the cars, and he handled the tires, and I guess you could probably say the tires are a gigantic part of it. So, <laughs> And I don't think Masami didn't know how to wrench, but that just... Like he, con- he concentrated on the tires and the driving. I mean, today when you see him on Facebook, he's building cars. His dad still does. Which stuff. account would that be on? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> twenty four, <laughs> Masami twenty four. I actually got a car from Masami. Did I tell you that? Uh, yes, I think you did. In the chat, now. Yeah. I asked him one for. I've been talking to him for a long time about one in particular that I want. I still want to get from him, but he can't find it. <clears throat> he showed it to me when we were can't at Yatabi. He showed it to me when he was at Yatabi. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, this was the car from Winter Champs, 1994. I was racing with you. And and it, it was like, it. it was. I'm like, yeah, this car, to me, it's the coolest paint job he had. Um Obviously, I raced against them, so it's like I'd like to have that car. And for him, it was just another winning car. It wasn't like anything special because mm-hmm. he has hundreds of cars, and like only his world championship cars does he really like put out in the showcase. But the other ones were just like, yeah, one winner champs with that one, no big deal. This one TQ'd the worlds. I didn't win, so I didn't do anything with it. You know, like, um, and. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jason agrees. 94 winter champs paint. It's to me, it's the best one. Like it looks so good. Um, and Masami was popular for everybody knew his cars, but I don't know that ever one of his paint jobs was ever the same. That was what was kind of unique about it is, you know, the main color was green, but well, you change it up all the time. Yeah. The paint job was always different. It was never the same. I never noticed that. Yeah, every single car, I think, is different. Uh, Wow. You know, the events would match. You know, like, he would have the same paint job on for that event. But the next event, the whole paint job was different again with just the color would be green in the back. (laughs) Or there would be green, but almost everything is different. And I think it almost got more dramatic the better he got. I'm sure maybe when he was, you know... So it's like an ultra skin on uh, Call of Duty. Hey, whatever you call it, I don't know. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. It evolves as you get more kills. So as as Masami was getting more kills. Okay. Slash wins. Okay. His body, his RC car body. Was evolving. Was evolving. I like it. Yes. Kian like that one. Yeah. That's a good one. So, yeah, 
so Masami couldn't find this car, I guess. I'm sure he'll find it. Um, but then he, well, he maybe came he doesn't up, want to give it to you. He came, maybe he, but he came up with another one. I actually, I wanted to ask him for the trophy too, the car and the trophy because they're right next to each other. <laughs> Jesus, Jason, take it easy. I don't ask for much, you know. I don't ask for much. It's not like I asked for the stealth car in the '91 trophy. Well, he minds well this while you're at it. The, this is only '94 winner champs. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, but he found a car for me, and it's cool. Uh, Jason Santos, he found it uh, in the in the magazine, uh, winning a race. So um, he authenticated it for me, I guess we could say. Yeah. Oh, man, you know? don't get me started. <laughs> so we got um, <laughs> not only is it, was it a Masami car from him, and his, his dad signed it. Um, wow. And... But then uh, Jason authenticated it by finding it in the magazine, winning something. Jeez. It's worth a little penny here and there. Then I pulled it out of the box. I'm like, hey, Fred, find a place for this. (laughs) (laughs) We have so many cars. It's like, he's like, where am I going to squeeze this one in? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, you find a place for this. I'll give you this mini JRX too. <laughs> He's like, okay, no problem. Found a spot. So it's the '97 JMRCA Two Wheel National Champion. Wow. What's JMRCA? It's a uh, it's Jap- Japanese Model Racing Car Association. Ah, okay. That makes sense. That adds up. There you go. So the 1997. Yep. Okay. And you have it. I got it. Where'd you guys end up putting it? In the garage. <laughs> the RJ Concepts garage, not okay. just the garage. Gee, yeah, friend, put it up on the, way to go yeah. find it a spot for it. <laughs> hung, it up on the, hung it up in the hook on the uh, top <laughs> of the garage next to the bicycle. <laughs> yeah. That's where I have my hotshot, too. It's hanging on a hook in the garage. <laughs> Hey, you still got it. Yeah, I still have it. Still has the dirt on it from 1987, too. That's pretty big. It is. 87, huh? Yep. Man. <laughs> like that guy said earlier, we are old. And he, we were just talking about 91. He thought we were old. He didn't even <laughs> go back that far. Hey, I was only uh, 16 or whatever at the time. I can't do the math. I failed math. Yeah. I would have been in real trouble with that visions race trying to do the math on the points. You'd be up there racing your heart out going, <laughs> okay, I got 22 plus 16, uh, uh, 11. Uh, I don't know. I should have been, ah, damn it. I should have took up my math teacher's offer on tutoring. <laughs> that's, why Ryan, that's why Ryan just said to me, he's like, all I know is I probably need to win all three. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Good. Yeah. You got to win out just like in sports, win out yep. and see what happens. Uh-oh, someone else found some tires from 97. Matt Adams is saying he just found a bag of tires from 97 with dirt still on them. You know, you if know? you put that on Facebook, everybody will say, look at that real dirt. That's when <laughs> racing was racing. That's what it starts every time. Yeah. You just you put a 10-scale car with dirt on it on Facebook, you're going to get a lot of comments. <laughs> Actual dirt. That's what people like to say. Which is kind of true. 
Yeah, I got dirt down in the chassis there. It's still rolling around when you tilt the car. It's cool as hell, man. You're like 87 dirt. 87? You think it would just kind of like fall hey, apart. Hey, how about this? But... That car is dirt old. <laughs> Thoughts are good one. Thank you. If Matrix was here, he would laugh too. Yep. Good movie. We were supposed to do a watch along with that. Wow, Jason, you're never around. Every about time I talk two, to you, you're flying somewhere. About two you're doing years this ago, and that. Huh? two years ago, we were supposed to two do a commando watch along. Hey, whatever. You know how it goes. We could still say we're going to do it. Yeah, we'll do it next week. <laughs> what a, what a movie, <laughs> Commando. We always have these great ideas to do, and we never do them. It's kind of like. I think it's my fault, to be honest with you. Somebody, because uh, you know how I am in real life. Somebody invites me somewhere, I don't show up. <laughs> like it's, Kirby today. Oh, with the well, he wanted me to go down to. Uh, well, yesterday it was a softball tournament. Well, he's playing softball today, but he also did a tournament. It was it was like a fundraiser tournament um, down there in Tower City, which is only like fifty miles from me, which is actually pretty far for me. But um, it's a, it was 100 degrees out, dude. I'm not going out 100 degrees. So, Yeah. I but I let it. everybody down all the time. So uh, actually, I had a friend message me today, and he's like, hey, we should go out, you know, go out and hang out here. And I'm like, look, dude, just so you know, my buddy Ian has been trying to get me out for two years, and he hasn't done it yet. If I go out here next week with you, you know, it's not going to look good. So. <laughs> anyway could you i guess you could invite him to your place and you know nah, i don't like anybody like, coming over <laughs> there you go <laughs> that's easy then yeah. yeah i'm serious what's that meme that it's they like show? your own little place i don't want anybody showing up here <laughs> it's like uh that meme they should you do you want to go hang out later where we can all stare at our phones <laughs> yeah. with each other Um, Matt Adams is saying it's effing hot out where we're on. It's effing hot out. We're on the way home from LCRC. Okay, that's right. LCRC had a race this weekend. It's got to be hot out there. Yeah, it was absolutely brutal. And so, Matt, you're not far from me. You know, LCRC is only about an hour down the road. So, and uh, I was telling you, an hour, huh? Yeah, yeah, hour ten, something like that. Mm -hmm. But um. Yeah, we were out there for the Nats a couple of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, made oh, well, yeah, the one I didn't make to. Okay, yeah. I didn't make it last year, wasn't it? 21, was I think, 2021. Oh, okay. Actually, if you were going to be down at the uh, E-Nats, I was going to go to that. I thought about going to it. Ah, who am I kidding? I wasn't going. But I was we close. A- I was in Harrisburg that weekend of the E-Nationals. I got back from vacation. I was in Harrisburg and the ENATs were going around. And I had a slight, I was like, I wonder if I should go down there for the mains on Sunday. Been a good idea. Well, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't go. We had uh, Hannah down there supporting the race for, uh, for us. JC. That's the thing. I could watch this stuff on my phone. You could have. Yeah. So that. 
that race was going on. Um, <clears throat> Dakota won eight scale e buggy and short course, and Cavalry won Truggy. Well, which I can't believe short course is still going. Four by four short course. God. You know I'm what's amazing serious, about man. all that is when we put the videos of 4x4 short course on YouTube and on Facebook, we probably get more comments on those than we do on the other ones. What? Like, for some reason, people love watching it. Like, they just, maybe they just feel like those are the trucks that they have or something. Like, I guess, they, I don't they know. They watch but- the video. And I noticed some guy put something like uh, on the one about, uh, Dakota winning, he put the comment like, oh, it's a shame I couldn't make it there this weekend to give him some competition. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it was cool that it was that he commented that like, hey, you know, I like that class and I wish I was out there racing, trying to give it to Dakota. Hmm. But it was kind of cool. So Larry Tom earlier said, uh, make e-buggy the same as fuel buggy and get rid of four-wheel drive short course and e-truggy. Uh, so I'm, I guess, so he's saying make the Nats fueled in e-buggy. Is that what he's saying? I, I think I, so. I, 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 I forget what so. we were talking about back there, but anyway, uh, he did say, uh, but he was right on that. Get rid of four wheel drive short course. Just get rid of it. I mean, how many entries were there? I don't know. I actually like all those classes. Though, if I could make the A main, because there's not a lot of entries, maybe I should enter one time just to be in the A main at the Nats. Uh, so, Larry Tom's confirming that. Maybe yes. what he's saying, he's saying and I think this. Them. No, he's saying combine them. <clears throat> what has so been brought at, up a couple times? Okay, go ahead. Well, wait a minute. Wasn't the Fuel Nats? And wasn't. The Fuel Nats was in March, and we had Nitro Buggy and Nitro Truggy. That was the only two classes there. But weren't they at one time also E Buggy there at the Nats? No. Like years ago or no? Oh. No. Okay. But so he's saying let's just combine them. Perhaps I believe that what he, he might be saying, yeah. And get rid of. Uh, yeah, like you could essentially drop four wheel short course and e truggy, and you could have one nationals and just include e buggy. So it'd be yeah. an eight scale nationals, which could probably be done. Wait, so it wasn't done back in 2012 when I was at LCRC? Nope. Uh, there was a separate uh, E-Nationals then, too. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> what I think is very surprising to most <clears throat> um, is that E-Buggies, I think, actually sell better than Nitro-Buggies. Most um, don't realize that the E-Buggy class is actually has a little bit more sales behind it than nitro buggy. So that's kind of the reason why I like that. It is a national level class because I feel like if it's a, if it's a good selling vehicle, it makes sense to have high level racing for it because it kind of ties together. So then you can say, Hey, you know, um, it makes sense to have a driver race something that wins and then you try to sell it makes sense um like i was tagging you guys in those fifth scale cars they were racing at the (laughs) euros right which i have no idea what those things are um they obviously get enough to have a euros but 
I don't think you can buy one on a main hobbies. Like, I don't even know what it is. Um, and we make, you know, there's fifth scale vehicles like horizon has like trucks and buggies. That's just something over in Europe. It's a, it is very a European based class, but I don't think you can buy one on like a main. So Mm. to me, I'm just like, why even have this class? Like, it's just, to me, it should be about if it's a, uh, it's a class to promote the business and to make sense of the wins to transform into sales. They should kind of work together. So I don't really understand some of these classes that are out there. Like there should be no 12 scale worlds anymore. It just, it was, it was great. 12 scale was fantastic. It's still a great vehicle to race, but it's like just, to me, they just it doesn't make any sense anymore. Um, I think at the last one they even had like stock or something, like seventeen five short course or uh, not short course, but <laughs> but uh, twelve scale. And I'm just like, come on, uh, enough, se- stop yeah, the nonsense. Yeah, st- it, I mean, there's not a better time <laughs> to say stop the nonsense than that. <laughs> really, STN. Yeah. Stop the nonsense with that. Uh, yeah, I never understood why there was, I mean, there's been more trucks sold in RC than any vehicle. If you take all the truck sales that have ever sold in RC and combined it together, and then you combined everything else, the trucks would sell, would be leading. But we've never had a truck worlds, if Mar. There was, a amazing. Norca, there was Norca Truck World Cup. Right, I I participated in that. Oh, but uh, but yeah, um, I got fourth. Okay, so, but uh, that is amazing to me, though. No worlds for trucks. You know, I understand these days, but there was a time, man. Especially back then, yeah. Oh man, back then. I mean, in like ninety one, two, three. Just the mid nineties. That was like stadium truck, everything. Um, but yeah, it two wheel slash world championship. No, yeah. thank you. Maybe. No. Don't do it. I think a short course worlds would be cool. I mean, a long time ago we brought this up, but I remember I think it was Chili Duncan that did like a an April fools or a joke that if Mar was going to have a short course worlds. And I was just like, this is great. Like, <laughs> you know, like I'm like, this is perfect timing. And <clears throat> well, there you go. Larry Tom saying that's their yeah. best seller. And, you know, make it, make it short course. If you had a worlds for short course and everybody made like, and you actually constructed it properly, it would be like really super cool. Uh, like with the way we used to do it in like 2011, 12, it was great. Like the class was so, it was so good to watch. Um, and people loved it. It just, but if you constructed the event, right, maybe you had stadium truck and short course at the same thing, or you just had short course or, but do it like we did back then, like where there was some of the real trucks were, were a part of it. They were either at the event or they do had a display with the real trucks and yeah, 
Um, you know, obviously you have some rules. I don't know if you would want to make a mid motor. I think that's kind of when things started stepping down in sales, maybe keep it to that sort of 2011 spec range, uh, SC 10 or whatever the hot low C one was and the Kyosho that was like the pinnacle, um, of the short course class. Hmm. I don't know. I just can't believe stadium truck. I can't believe stadium stadium trucks not more popular in a short course. At this moment, on a racing side, it well, probably, right now it is right. It probably is, but yeah. but like going by what Larry's saying, yeah, they're Matt Adams on real dirt. There you, you can go. Put it on real dirt. Um. So. Yeah, like he's saying, is the slash is his best seller. And when did that thing come out? Like two thousand nine. Wow. Probably so have they done that. up like upgrades to it? No, it's just like wow. it's just different bodies. It's like the, they just changed the body and the colors, and I think pretty much the rest of it's identical. So there's no slash two point or nothing. Which would be great. Like if they made a slash 2.0 and actually like redesigned the whole thing and made it super cool or cooler, I think <laughs> they would see a ton of response on that. Uh, maybe it would, you know, kind of get things moving again. Um, oh, Larry <laughs> said it has lights now. Has, oh, wow. Okay. But like, you know, some of the vehicles so, they went back in and kind of redesigned. I think if you said slash 2.0 and it was like a ground up new two wheel short course, I think people would love that. What should I be emailing uh, Traxxas for you? Guys? Yeah, you might Yeah, get on that since I email every other company. How's the sledge doing Larry? Are we selling <laughs> any sledges? Yeah. The plastic molds have definitely been paid for <laughs> many times over. I wouldn't be surprised at this point that it's probably the most successful RC car of all time. Wow. Really? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you think if that thing came out in 09 and is, we're in like 22. Um, so uh, what's this thing cost? The slash? Yeah. Uh, and back and in it's the ready day, to run, right? You back, just pull it yeah, out? Yeah, back in the day it was like 220-something. I don't know what they are now. Huh. I'm sure Larry will give us a number. <clears throat> and just right out of box go. Yeah. 259. Wow. So when you run this car, obviously it's just right out of the box. You you race it like that. There's no hop ups or well that's how we did it then. And I think there are some tracks that still kind of have a box stock tracks as slash class. Hmm. Rick Hayes checking in from YouTube. We got another YouTube viewer. Wow. Nice. Jeez. Nice. Um, like, yes, yeah, so I'm trying to grow that YouTube channel, but uh, I guess you got to put out shows in order for stuff to grow. <laughs> but anyway, um, Rick is saying scale look of the slash may be part of the appeal. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I, know, I always like the way stadium trucks look, though. They look so cool. I understand that's not how a truck looks, but <laughs> man. Yeah, they were cool. They just look Especially cool. To me, the original RC10T with the narrow front tires, just, that was the real, I mean, that thing just looks so cool. Absolutely. Yeah. 
and I don't know, like you said, like what it actually looked like, but <laughs> it was really neat. I don't know. I never looked at it back then. I never looked at it and said, well, that doesn't look like a truck. Yeah. I just never did. I just thought it looked like a truck, like the body did. So that was good enough for me. I didn't care that the wheels were the way they were. And I don't know. They're easier to drive than a stadium uh, stadium truck, right? Or a, a short course truck? Well, they used to be. They're not anymore. Stadium trucks are hard to drive now. Hmm. Why is that? Because uh, let's see. Larry's saying find the molds and rear tires and wheels. Find the mold. The re- he wants to reread the tires and wheels for the ten T. So why is stadium truck harder to drive now? I mean, I don't. To me, when the track has a lot of traction, they're difficult to drive because they're edgy. They drive on the front end, and when the tracks are loose, they're looser than a two wheel buggy. Oh wow! So yeah. they're. And Very back drive, when we then. used to run them in we when we used to run them in the nineties, they were actually better all the way around for all yeah, those things. It was easier to drive. Like if you couldn't drive too well, you just got a truck and went. What was interesting is when I drove that when you know you came up and we I was doing that vintage Nats yeah. years ago and I was running the RC ten T. What I noticed right away, because I hadn't driven one in forever. <clears throat> what I noticed right away is I could slide it. And you can't do that with really any RC car anymore where um, you know, where you could, you could set it up for a turn and slide it in and counter steer out. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're driving an RC car like that now, you're basically going to spin out you're, or you're, you're just, in trouble. yeah, you're in big trouble. Whereas back then you could drive a car like that and it had the rear grip to kind of maintain that, that position and you could accelerate out. And when I drove the 10 T at that track we were at, I could actually still drive a little like that and it was hmm. that's what kind of stuck out to me interesting okay well I guess the slash is here to stay Traxxas I mean, do a 2.0 give me some credit on it yeah I don't want any money or anything just give me uh, you know hey thanks for uh, Gotti Jr. on the podcast we never thought about it Put it on the box. Put you on the box. <laughs> no. You don't want to scare away customers now. They're like, who's this guy? Uh, just say endorsed by Gotti Jr. 2.0. Yeah. Though I don't know if I'm going to endorse a short course truck. That'd be really hard. Not endorse. I don't know what you would say. Just thanks to Gotti Jr. for giving us an idea. We never thought about a 2.0. You're like an executive producer. Executive producer. Uh, Larry wants you to, uh, bring a vintage two wheel drive to the Kenwald race. Okay. When's the Kenwald race? October. Okay. So there you go. Bring the uh, vintage, uh, two wheel drive. I mean, I could, I have the cars to do it. Well, do it, man. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Okay. Well, that was that's uh, some interesting stuff there, Jason. 
What was? All that. Well, just everything. Just everything. It was all real interesting. The Mayfield stuff is what I like. So I like the uh, controversy creates cash, as Eric Bischoff once said. <laughs> and it's true. Well. All right. So we covered all that. Anything else in the RC world <laughs> between now and April? Anything exciting? Any other exciting news? There was really a lot of stuff. It's been a really pretty fun year. Uh, Jason Santos is saying, I wouldn't mind going to the Kenwall race, but it'd be a haul. Yeah, from PA. Yeah, PA to Arizona. We'd have to get Jason up in the uh, Southwest Airlines and um, get him there to race. So... Yeah, we'll just fly out, Jason. How about we fly out, Jason? I'll leave from the Allentown Airport. What airport? Uh, the Allentown Airport. It's not far from Jason. Hmm. Jason, how far is the Allentown Airport from you? Here I go yeah. making promises that I can't keep, Jason. Yeah. I know. It's terrible. I mean, you won't even go out in the local town. We're going to get you all the way to Arizona. <laughs> Yeah, see, Jason, the airport's 10 minutes away from Santos. Well, there you go. Yep. And it's. We need to get Larry, maybe Larry and. Um, Larry and uh, Jay Concepts, we get together for a. Um, you like win a trip to the uh, Kinwald race to race vintage and then we'll set it up so that. Uh, Jason wins it. <laughs> It'll oh, be like a. Me. Well, you could be like second. <laughs> it's like it's second place. You got to pay your own way there. Yeah, second cl- place. You get uh, a pit spot. Oh, okay. Do I have a car ready to run? Uh, hey, Larry, Larry. Listen, if I sh- if I did, by you know, <laughs> this is a big if. A big if, Larry. So you could probably commit to it, not worry. But if I showed up, if I did show up to this race, would you have a car that I could just run? Larry's got more cars than me, I think. Larry's saying I could do a podcast from the track, which is true, Jason. Mm-hmm. It'd be a write-off. It'd be a write-off, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jason's saying I think it would be more attractive if I also raced the modern classes, too. I have a dirt B6.3 he can have. There you go, Jason. No excuses. <laughs> um, Larry Tom is saying that could possibly happen. He can have a car ready for me to run. You you can commit to it, Larry, because most likely I won't show up. Yeah, so. it'll be a car sitting on the pit. But, you know, they didn't think I was going to show up to the Vintage Nationals either. Or you guess who showed vac- up? This your, guy right here. Or your last vacation. Or yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's oh man, my vacation. That's a whole nother story. Um oh yeah, Larry's gonna get here's the car that Larry Tom is gonna have ready for me. A slash two wheel drive with lights. 
That would be epic. I would run it. Um, and here goes Jason. I know this is this is me, guys. For all the listeners out there, Jason Santos. At one time, he had a B two for me to race at pit stop last year, and I had nothing but excuses. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it's not that I was afraid to show up and race. He just had excuses. I just had excuses. Like it's just so bad, man. Carrie gets on gets on me all the time. She's like, "It's amazing that you even have any friends." Yeah, it really is. <sighs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> what is the last race I went to? Um, the vintage town. No, no, you came out <laughs> to the music. The music. Mugen race, I think, at LCRC. Yeah. And then, didn't you just stop out there once? It was like, maybe one of their... Um, you stopped out at LCRC. It was like one of their... Yeah, Jubert was there. I forget what race it was. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> th- yeah, that actually might have not been too long ago. I think it was... I think it was right before COVID broke out, so somewhere around there. I, I or maybe mean, after. We, yeah, it was after that. Yeah, it was because, after. Okay. Because we did the Mugen race when you were there. That was like right in the middle of COVID. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, not that bad then. See that? Yeah. It's not as bad as you thought. <laughs> yeah, my apologies, Jason. But uh, he still got it ready for you. For, what's that? He still got it ready for you. It's just it's sitting did. there in the pit. It's just, I felt it's, bad. It's just sitting there ready. Uh, to be fair, I was ready to go to the next race that they were having at Pit Stop, obviously, but Jason wasn't around because he had an excuse. <laughs> we see how this works now. Right. Yeah. I love those um, ones where, you know, you get invited to something and then they back out. It's perfect. Oh, great. Yeah. I'm so sad. I was going to come. I got to work on that, though. I really do have to work on it. It could be like a New Year's resolution. Baby steps. Yeah, I should seriously work on it because one, you know, just one commitment. That's all you got to have in 2023. (laughs) You make one, you stick to it and you're like, you know what? Resolution. I stuck to one. Yeah. I make these commitments and I'll do it. And then as it as approaches, I get all nervous and been out of shape um jason santos is saying i think i even asked jason after you flaked on me if i built you an ultima with the trinity motor if you'd be more willing to show up like a joel johnson edition like he's putting all it out there it's like everything's out there yeah yeah every bait imaginable that would probably do it too i'd be there Commit to F1 in Vegas. There you go. What, they're racing F1 in Vegas? Like the actual the real, cars? The real, the real cars. <laughs> <laughs> Around Vegas? Yeah, they have it. It's well, like, it's like yeah, down that's the like street, you... down the boulevard, Las Vegas Boulevard, around the back. And... Oh, wow. I didn't even know they... Is it just for show or is it an actual race? So it's a real race. So the F1 guys from like over in Europe come over here? Yep. God damn. How the hell did they do that? I think they announced this. We were doing our race. Um, ah, November 2023. 
That's quite a ways. Yeah, okay, I'll be there. <laughs> I mean, a second they announced that Spencer was looking for hotel rooms, but that stuff is going to be so nuts. For the F1? Oh, yeah. The, I mean, that Why place that place during that weekend is going to be a money-making operation. Anywhere you go, it's just they're just going to be ringing the till up. Wow. I mean, the money that's going to be there is going to be insane. So is there anywhere you can go online right now and look at the uh, track that they plan on? Yeah, I think you this? can. Yeah. <clears throat> It's going through the strip. I think it goes. Yeah, they're going like. Um, there's a portion of the track that goes down the strip. <laughs> wow. And I I just saw recently that NASCAR is going to race in downtown Chicago. Is that right? That sounds right. Yeah. Wow. Paul was just telling me that I think the other day. <clears throat> they're gonna end up getting shot. Well. What I the thing that's funny to me is they make all these special tracks and facilities for NASCAR and they have these monster stadiums and tracks. Yeah. And then it's like and then you go to somewhere you run on the street. Yeah. I was just gonna say to you, like, so they can just race on a street. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, Larry's saying that with the we can drive the Ferrari from Chandler. There you go. Oh, he has a Ferrari. Maybe. Damn, Larry, geez, and we can pick up chicks on the way. Well, oh, we don't. Did I just say that? You did. <laughs> Jason Santos saying, uh, the only two in the chat, by the way, probably the only two watching. Uh, <laughs> Bulletproof fire seats for uh, the Chicago race at NASCAR. So there you go. Okay, that explains how they're going to pull that one off. And it's amazing to think that when we went out there for the Chicago Hobby Show, we used to just roam those streets at 2, 3 in the morning. Oh, yeah. I know I did. I would go down to the Excalibur nightclub and then roam the streets and then take the train back. Right? But I did. Yeah. That's crazy to think about. But I didn't think about getting shot back then. I don't know. If, maybe it wasn't that bad. Um. So now we got other people talking in the chat. So we got Mark Baldwin's uh, talking to you, Jason um, Santos. Um, and Larry Tom was hoping for a J Concepts garage for the J Concepts garage. We got to get Larry to come to Florida. That's a good idea, actually. Larry there should come to that Florida carpet champs race. And then he could come by J concepts and we can, we can talk vintage in the garage. That'd be a good idea. Hmm. Well, fly the man out there, Jason. Come with Mayfield. Mayfield's going to come. Spencer's going to come. Oh, there you go. Yep. Jason's going to be all over getting this vintage done at pit shop. They got a, that was a really cool place for the vintage cars. Uh, Norm Swisher saying hi, Larry Dell Jr. No real names here, Norm. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we have Jason's name up there. I forgot. Oh, my bad. Um, yeah. Oh, you know, that Ernie Pervetti gave me my nickname. Gotti sells something. Gotti. Um, 
when is that, Jason? When when are you? Uh... That is in uh, November. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you could travel with Spencer and Mayfield, most likely. It's the well, it's showing here the seventeenth through the twentieth of November. I think he would enjoy that. You could stay over there in Coco. You could come over J Concepts one one day, probably before. Mm. Maybe we'll get Spencer and Ryan to fly in early one day. Um, fly in one day early, come to the shop, do some vintage, do some chatting with the boys. Is he, uh, what are you guys saying? Do a show from the... Um, garage. Well, I mean, we uh, could, YouTube we could, I mean, about? usually if Spencer or Ryan come, we try to do a video, but if we just want to chill, we can do that too. Just look at cars. <laughs> usually Ryan, when he's here, he's like, what car is this? I'm like, oh, you gave it to me. He's like, he's like, oh, he's like, oh. <laughs> still waiting for my uh, truggy, by the way, put here in the studio. Yeah, I still got it. Okay. As long as you still have it there, maybe I'll mm-hmm. fly down one day and pick it up. There you go. Mark Baldwin saying uh, vintage at pit stop. J concepts approved. That's right. It is. Larry Tom saying nerds. Yeah. Nerds getting together. That's who we are. Bunch of nerds. <laughs> Which by the way, you can go on to um, any uh, podcasting app and you can uh, look at all the, Shows that we put out, and uh, Larry Tom was uh, one of the episodes that we did. Yeah, what are we on? 200 and what? I don't know. 239? Yeah. 239? Who's counting? I am. Actually, I think that number's wrong, but uh, we're just rolling with it. Okay. Exactly. Um, So you can listen to the Larry Tom episode. You can also listen to the the Ernie Pervetti uh, interview that we did in 2013 with him. Um, I have requests to repost that, but I, I guess I should because it's easier for people to find instead of scrolling down through. I should look into that, but yeah, you could just simply go on any app, scroll down. There it is. I, I put it up as a throwback episode, so um, okay, there's that. And you can also watch the show live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Okay. That was uh, episode 239. Oh, we're done. Uh, if, unless you got something else. I'm, per- I'm pretty done. Yeah. I did uh, get some messages and stuff uh, from a lot of you guys asking where we're at. We're here. We're here. That's all I can say. We are here for you. We're here. And I appreciate everybody reaching out to me uh, when Ernie passed away. So uh, thank you for that. Um, yeah, that was, that's tough. Um, what else I wanted to say? Oh, yeah. Like I said, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. I got messages. People, how do we watch you live? So. Um, it now should just know. pop right up, I guess. Uh, I think you have to go in your Facebook settings cause people are not seeing it. And I think you have to go in there and just 
uh, make sure you go to the Facebook page and put see first mm. uh, and get it in your, uh, oh, got a message uh, from Kirby here. What's uh, Kirby saying quick? Oh, it's an audio. Can't listen to that. And I can't read that also. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wait till you see that one, uh, Jason. Great. All right. Uh, thank you, uh, Mark Baldwin, saying thank you, guys. Always entertaining. Yeah. I guess we are. I don't know. Try to be. Um, hopefully the next episode won't be too far away. I got I got new stuff to set up, Jason. So I'm gonna. I think I'm um, here next week. Yeah, I would like to try out my new. I don't know. I bought a new. Got the new Rodecaster Pro Two that I haven't even messed with yet. I'm still running off the old one. You guys in podcasting, Keen and all those, they know what this is about. Look at that thing. Yeah. This is the new one, and uh, it's not even. I just cracked it open today, actually, too. I haven't taken off the seal yet. Here, see, it's still on there. I Um, like it. Yeah, it's it's a little bit smaller. I know Joey uh, Zare is doing his podcast. Ran out of talent is his uh, name of his podcast, and I saw on Facebook the other day he's making a whole nice studio. He's uh, building a new studio with his logo in the background. Looks really good. Good so I know he, I know he has questions about or not questions, but I know he's asked me about the Roadcaster, and uh, I mentioned to him that I got the Roadcaster two. So Joey, if you're looking for a Roadcaster one, eventually, until I get to learn this, because this is a little bit more complicated uh, than the first one. The first one I do like because I just plug, you know, turn plug it on and, and go. Yeah, plug and play. So this one, I got a lot of new things to learn about. Even though it looks the same here, the menu system, I guess inside, you know, they're coming out with patches all the time and stuff to improve it. So I was waiting a little on some patches because I was reading some things that, uh, and, you know, Joe Zare jokingly said to me, when you finally can't figure it out, let me know. I'll buy it off you. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) So... But I'm excited to try this out, so hopefully next week maybe we'll see what this does. And uh, if it's dis- a disaster, then we'll just have to uh, switch back to the one maybe until we figure this out. I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos. so. All right, everybody head over to uh, jconcepts.net. You know the drill. I don't think I need to tell you that. Have you seen a lot of upticks in your... Uh, um, your web page uh, since we got a new website yeah the new brand new uh, a little bit more mobile is that mobile friendly like you can get on there easier. or am I not correct on that I honestly I don't know what the traffic numbers are compared to before I so you launched that like when it's been um, several months now yeah I would say back in May, right? Must have been. Yeah. It's been a little while now. So you made it a little bit more streamlined, a little bit more easier to navigate, I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, and and I think it's maybe a better shopping or a quick, quicker and better shopping experience. You know, I think there was a, you know, I think we go through in just, in just, in life in general, but you go through different trends and you'd go through different looks that people are, are going for, or, 
looks and function and where those meet. And I'm, I'm really about the looks of it, of mm-hmm. all these things. But I think the, actually the importance uh, is where the function is. The simplicity. Yeah. The simplicity and the function <laughs> is what is the most important. Um, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm really more about the looks, but mm-hmm. as far as the bottom line, it really just needs to be easy and um, effective. Yeah, I think we're all about the looks for the most part. If there's a lot of red flags there, we don't care. You know what I mean? Anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, if you go on there now, it you know, looks good. Nice and updated. Rich keeping us up to date here with, you know, we're coming out with a lot of new products all the time and trying to be versatile um, in the product line. And um, I want you to link the podcast to it, though. Link the podcast to our website. Well, like in the little corner, just put, oh, hey, by the way, Jason was on this episode. You know, just click on there or whatever, you know. I think that's a good thing that we've been, uh, we have put that on our stories in our in oh, yeah. a, in yeah. Instagram posts. And I think that's a good place for it. Yeah. Um, and I it's think it's a lot of good uh, hits uh, on the audio version. The audio version is where we see all the hits. So, and, you know, that's something that Hannah works on is uh, in those areas. So, Mm-hmm. Uh, she's done that before. Yeah. And so I think just this week we put up, I was just on YouTube. It's like kind of going back to events we've had in the past several weeks, but it uh, looks like we put up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine. So we got 10 new videos Hannah put up last week on YouTube, and then one video uh, that I did at the uh, with the Bigfoot car crush. Uh, that was the video I did the day before I went to Visions, and we got a video up on that. Rich got that edited. I tried. Um, I needed a little better audio there, but... Um, it worked out okay. Yeah. My the, the audio could have been a little better, but you know, and s- events like this, you have a very narrow window to get the uh, the drivers or uh, personnel to talk about the products, and it has to happen fast. Sometimes the audio isn't the greatest, but um, I just got to get a better get a microphone set up for when I'm doing these by myself on the road. And I think it'd be a little better if Rich is there or Hannah's there. We usually have better audio because we have better microphones set up with their equipment, but that's yeah, fine. I bring up kind of a little easier, uh, camera setup, but yeah, we got a lot of new videos up on YouTube. We got a lot of new products dropping. So yeah, it's busy even in the summer. Hi, and you do accept PayPal. Okay. There you go. All right. We'll see you guys later. Thanks for watching. <laughs>